of Only the Penitent Shall Pass podcast. As always, you can find us on the web at onlythepenitent.com. It is one of the easiest ways to share our episodes with your friends, relatives, families, co-workers, and everyone in between. All of our episodes are right there on the homepage, and it's easy to navigate. Just copy the link, send it by text or email, and spread the word that only the Penitent Shall Pass podcast is available Monday through Friday. Today's episode, The Myth of Conservatism. Join us in just a moment as John and I discuss the element of conservatism and the mythology that surrounds many aspects in the way people think about it. Welcome back, Mr. John. Oh, it's it's my pleasure to be with you. It is. Uh, as we record this, we have had an interesting month. It's the month of January 2021. And a lot of, I don't know if you noticed, John, but a lot of political things have been going on in the United States of America. Well, they're going to, it's actually, it's not going to be 2021 for long because they're going to start the calendar over i presume and this will be the year one have you heard have you heard this yeah they're going to start i I mean this is a joke obviously so don't (laughs) don't quote me but that's something you know communists like to do or like they did during the french revolution they are saying hey you know let's make this year one and totally uh disgrace our heritage so (laughs) today's episode is titled the myth of conservatism uh, a little bit of a mouthful of a word, conservatism, or is it conservatism? I think I'm saying the same thing. I think you're saying the same thing, conservatism. That's, yeah. how, I'm, that's how I'm going to say it henceforth. Gotcha, yeah. So I think we actually wrote this title down uh, before the events of the last few days. Uh, it's been sort of at the bedrock in many ways of how I look at the good and the bad of American society for most of my lifetime there's been a a side of the political culture that has looked to this concept of conservatives as being a solution to the ailments of America. And I'm not going to name radio hosts and well-known pundits who push this idea. I don't, I don't want to make this about certain personalities, but there's, there's certain politicians, there's certain radio personalities, there's certain television news personalities, pundits, writers, journalists, that for many decades, and maybe it goes back, without getting too lost in the weeds, you know, I I think of uh, the North Carolinian man from NPR back before I was born, uh, whose name Uh, escapes me. Buckley? Yeah, William F. Buckley. William Buckley, yes. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it goes back to him. A lot of it goes back 
uh, to the book uh, by the professor from the University of Chicago, uh, back uh, Richard Weaver, back in the 1940s. Uh, a lot of people think Richard Weaver might be the, uh, the father of modern conservatives. Uh, his book, Ideas of Consequences, I read that. I think I read that the first time 20 years ago. It's a really interesting book. It's actually a great book. Um, and uh, ultimately, the, I, I think you and I agree, and I think everyone would agree, this isn't a radical view of society. There is a belief that conservatives and conservatism is the solution to all of the bad things that's going on in America. I don't agree with that. Yeah, and it's it's really sad where, yeah, Richard Reaver, Buckley, or, you know, and, and even some of the modern pundits, there was a sense where they were preserving time-honored values. And now it seems that in my lifetime, so I'm in my early 30s, for most of my lifetime, it seems like, their whole thing was, let's fight the left, okay? And so as Christians, you and I, we can agree, yeah, what, what the people on the left are doing, what our Congress just did and removed all notions of sex or gender from, from political discourse, that's insane, right? Murdering babies is evil, right? Trying to create a utopian on Earth, that's probably one of the most evil projects that people can embark on. So... You know, as Christians, we could sort of find ourselves as, you know, bedfellows with these conservatives. But just saying I'm against something, just opposing something, it not only doesn't help, but I think in the long run, it makes it worse because it creates this strange dialectic where the two sides fight it out and it always gets more liberal. They always find a way to to compromise like we saw the other night, they compromise and it's always in the direction of progress or leftism or liberalism. And, you know, I think that that should alone should show that this thing, conservatism, isn't really a viable option for those of us who are Christians, one, and two, actually care about traditional values and would like to see them uh, maintained to some degree in society. So I guess I'm, I'm trying to be artful in the words I use because so many people <laughs> see, I'm, I'm, I, I know what I want to say and I'm trying, I'm, I'm being, I'm, I'm being slow to choose the words because I don't want to raise the dander on some people because you talk about conservatism and two things happen. One, if you criti critique it, you are, you're often called a liberal. I'm the exact opposite of a leftist. I'm the exact opposite of that, right? Yeah, that's I, that's the thing. I if if this is your first time listening to our podcast, you might think like, oh, I found some liberal Christians or something. Um, go back and listen to all our other podcasts. We're we're pretty far to the quote right if you listen to those. So. That's not the problem. Go on, go on, Kenny. I'm sorry yeah, to interrupt you there. Yeah, so, and so for, for so many people, I mean, I can remember a lifetime of conversations after Sunday worship with people who 
they get so fired up with conservative talking points, with conservative politics. And I guess this last year, 2020, and now the political events in America of January 2021, isn't it evidence that all those years and decades of conservatism, it really didn't do anything. It wasn't an answer or solution to the problems of America. In fact, it failed miserably. Yeah, and that's, I think that's sort of what I was trying to get at, how much it's failed from a Christian perspective. Because we Christians, we would put our eggs in this conservative basket. Let's just, I'll pick a, I'll pick one issue like gay marriage or something, right? So these two ideas, you're either for gay marriage or you're against it. John, John's talking about the homosexual concept in which they try to pretend that two people of the same sex can be united in the sacrimony of marriage, which we know is actually a sacrament that joins a man and a woman. Yeah, right. So, right. So there you go. That's how, quote, conservative we really are. We don't even think such a thing's possible. It's I, not, it's not I, possible. I mean, I would say <laughs> gay, a gay marriage is just, well, two men living together and they got a, a fancy little piece of paper from the state that says they're living together. It's like, okay. But it's it's strange how we fight this battle for my whole life. And then the Supreme court says, you know, they write one little document and say, Oh, now it's permissible. And the issue virtually disappears from the church. And then you slowly start to look around and you're like thinking, well, it doesn't seem like a lot of the men and women are going to get married anymore. It seems like in the church, like the whole concept of marriage has taken this big hit. And it's probably because we got tied up into this dialectic, this, battle of two ideas and then we get shipwrecked like our thing always loses because the point of fighting that dialectical battle is to progress it comes from this crazy german philosopher named hegel where it's like yeah let's just put ideas into a duality and then we'll get progress out of that and so where if you know if there's a real conservatism something like yeah i believe in god country and family it's like Oh, that sounds reasonable, but like a lot of times it's like, what? No, I believe in a flat tax or something. It's like, well, what, what does that have to do with anything? Well, is that and, conservatism? And, 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 and interestingly enough, the, the quote conservatives, end quote, who were so often the ones using those kind of phrases, God, country, what did you say? Was it humanity or what Fam- word did you Family. You know, family, yeah. Humanity family. would be the the virtue of the enlightenment or something. Yeah. I'm not sure. So God, God, country, family. Um, so often the, the men and women who would use that phrase, when you look at their, if they were politicians, if you look at their po- political policies. <laughs> right. They, well, there was nothing that they did that really made any sense there. I mean... The, the politics of all Republicans, the politi- policies of all Democrats, they don't resemble God, culture, and family, quite the opposite. Um, 
And, and, and the same would go with, uh, I think there's a, there was a well-known radio host in Detroit uh, that I used to hear back in the day. And he had uh, his tagline, I think was God, culture and family or something like that. And he was among the first churches to close in 2020. He was a pastor. I'm sorry. He was a pastor. who was also a radio host. And here was this person who, who had this regular radio show and yet he didn't have the strength or fortitude to lead his parishioners to assemble together each Sunday. I mean, that's like, like, like the people who push conservatism, they're, they're missing the boat as a Christian. We're not here to defend a, a political propaganda concept as Christians. We are here to worship God to to demonstrate that God exists in the community of believers, right? In the communion of believers. Not, we're, not, we're not political people first. That comes way last. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think a lot of this, I, I think, you know, it's like a memory you have as a kid when you first have that memory. It's very vivid. But then by the time you're in your 30s or your 40s, you, you hardly remember the thing that happened. You know it happened. And I think that's how the, quote, conservatives, I'll keep putting that words in quotes so we know we're talking about it at a higher level or something and not just in the melee of every day. You, you know, the conservatives remember that America used to be a very Christian nation, right? We were founded by Christians. We were founded by Puritans and their children. Um, Europe used to be very Christian. All the nations of Europe used to be what were called confessional states. So the state itself would say, yes, we believe in God. We believe in Christ. We're going to try to conform our laws and practices to the higher truth, right? So to some degree, that was always going on. But now fast forward to 2021 or the year one, right? Whichever you prefer, right? That's obviously not the case anymore. Not only are there no confessional states in the West, but there's no way, shape, or form you could even imagine claiming that the secular government of America or Canada or any of the European nations is Christian. Christians, or I'll just say Orthodox Christians who believe in the ancient truths of our faith are a very small minority of people. There's still a lot of people that go to these heretical churches that are basically everywhere now. So as Christians, we need to completely rethink. And when, when someone says conservative, sure, you, you know, someone calls themselves a conservative, you're probably going to find yourself agreeing with them a lot more than someone who calls themselves a liberal or a leftist or a communist. But their project is still essentially secular. It's still essentially godless. It's still essentially materialistic. And this is something we, you and I have talked about for the last year, where when push come to shove, it seemed like most of the conservatives who have these high ideals about freedom and liberty and equality in the Constitution, at the end of the day, they're more interested in keeping their stuff. Which makes a lot of sense because if you're a pagan, what do you have besides your stuff? You know, not much, <laughs> right? So, 
so let's let's go back to the beginning where I opened it up. The myth of conservatism is this concept that conservatism is the remedy for that which ails America. It's not. It really, it, it is not the solution. It is not the, the medicine that will fix the country. The only thing that will fix the country is if there are enough Christians that God would spare the country. In, in all reality, if we look at Sodom and Gomorrah, God was very fair. He said, sure, I'll, I'll spare the city if there's X amount of faithful people in the city. But there wasn't. <laughs> there wasn't enough faithful people to spare the two cities. Yeah, and that's a conservative friend of mine. He texted me last night when all the chaos was going on. And I think he, you know, he's sort of started to understand some things about Christ. And he's like, is God punishing us? And I said, yeah, absolutely. We need to repent. And so that's before we talk about political principles or what the Constitution is, how we should govern ourselves, all these questions, which I, as a Christian, I do think are important because we don't live these abstract disembodied lives. We are here in the world. But before we can even talk about that, we have to turn around towards God and we have to say, oh, we're sorry. We've obviously been living the wrong way. And so and that doesn't that goes for everybody. It's I'm not just that's the thing, even though, you know, Kenny and I here, we're very, you know, we're definitely not on the left of things, but we're not just attacking the left. We're mostly talking about all sorts of people who call themselves Christians, evangelicals, conservatives, Republicans, like you're not better than the people on the left just because you haven't chemically castrated your child or something. That doesn't mean you're righteous before God because you, you're not in a gay marriage or something along those lines. That's like, we have to get to the very fundamental thing and then maybe our country will get better. Then maybe we could talk about uh, getting back to constitutional principles or something like that. There, there's, there's a cohesiveness. I don't know if our listeners realize, but there's an, there's an intentionality on our part when we choose the, the, the podcast topics. We started in March of last year, and the goal of the podcast, while on one hand was to introduce people to Christian dialogue, how, can, how do Christians talk about philosophy and, and things of a higher nature? And just by listening to Christians talk, it can help stimulate people and get more people talking. That's definitely one element. Element two was we started the podcast because it seemed like not too many people were talking about the events of 2020 from a Christian perspective. Uh, it was very strange what we were seeing last year. And, and there's a cohesiveness to what we've been doing and intentionality in that if you look at the podcast topics, we've talked about what is Christian discipleship, the necessity of Christians and the Eucharist having communion each week. Uh, what is Christian community? What does it mean to live in community practically speaking? And, and we've been looking at different elements of what 
is the church? I think we had a podcast title that was titled, what is the church? And, and because why, why, why were we focusing the podcast in this, in this way, in this direction? Well, because at the heart of the podcast is our belief that conservatism isn't the answer to the problems of America. Communism isn't the answer. The only answer is a vibrant, rich body of Christ. And the problem has been the church has been in some kind of bizarre death now. I mean, it's just been tumbling down the mountain faster than the culture has been sliding down the mountain. Yeah, and that's what's the proverb to who much much is given, much is required. Absolutely. And so that's, I think, so I think that's what the people that call themselves conservatives, they think they're like Kenny. I, I have not chemically castrated my children and I don't live in California. So I don't know how you can say that I'm tumbling down the mountain faster than these crazy wacky leftists. And so it's about breaking through that dialectic. You're, 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 you're making a great point because what you're saying is don't compare yourself to a pagan. Compare yourself to Christ. Compare yourself to the Apostle Paul. Yeah. So you made an excellent point there. Okay, so the, the person who thinks he's a Christian in his own head, he says, well, my child is not married to a homosexual or I am not... Uh, uh, doing heroin. I'm not, think, I'm not smoking the marijuana, you know. I'm, I'm not, I'm not I'm right with the, God, right? Yeah, I'm not smoking the wacky tobacco. Well, you and I were coming along, and, and, and for us, the only way to compare ourselves to something legitimate is to compare ourselves to Christ. That's who we should compare ourselves to. And so we would say, oh, are we taking communion every Sunday with the body of Christ? Are we assembling together? Are we seeing fellow Christians throughout the week not and, and let's add this one are we seeing fellow christians not just at a church building <laughs> christian community does not live in a bubble it doesn't live in a vacuum and only exists at a building well christian community flows outside of it into our daily lives yeah and i would i would take it even a step further when i read the words of the apostles and prophets, do I think to myself, wow, I'm very sinful. These condemnations, when, when Christ says, woe unto so on, woe unto so forth, when you read Isaiah, when you read Jeremiah, and he's talking about how the people, the people of Israel are living, do you, do you never see yourself in those condemnations? Because I see myself in it all the time, which makes sense because... The Bible says that all have fallen short, right? We're all sinners is the, you know, popular way of stating the doctrine. So we're all sinners. So when we read it, we should realize that. And there's a lot, I think the conservative movement, what it does is it allows, it's a way for Christians to practice Pharisaism. It's a way for them to say, oh, look at how clean my hands are. I don't smoke any marijuana and I don't have any gay sex. So, so I must be clean. Right. But when we read the Bible, well, no, you're, you're clearly not. Right. So. 
in the Old Testament, the prophet Micah, he is prophesying to the people of Israel who've sinned against God. And in Micah chapter six, uh, the title uh, actually in, in my Bible that I'm looking at right now, it, it titles chapter six as the case against Israel. And I'm not going to read the whole chapter. It's a little bit long. I want to point out a couple simple things. He starts out by saying, hear what the Lord says, arise and plead your case before the mountains and let the hills hear your voice. Hear the, hear the mountains, the indictment of the Lord and you enduring foundations of the earth for the Lord has an indictment against his people and he will contend with Israel. The people had sinned against God in a multitude of ways. Amongst them was paganism, materialism, you name it. And God, through the prophet Micah, comes to them and says, the Lord is about to indict you. He's going to state his case against you. And unfortunately for Israel, God is not just the prosecutor, John. <laughs> God is also the judge and the jury. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's at this point, especially if you're conservative, and you call, think of yourself as that as a conservative or a Republican. And after yesterday, you should really stop as a, if you're also a Christian and you'd say, wait, is God judging us like he does in the Bible? Like he judges the people? Because I think most like my I think my buddy who's not really a Christian, but he's heard some of the gospel and he's starting to incline to it. He sort of got it. He's like, wow, this is really awful what's happening. Maybe God's judging us. But I think people that have been around the gospel their whole lives, they just, for some reason, they don't think that way. They, you know, they, they have such this notion that they have no notion of the justice of God anymore. It's just all love and grace and mercy. But what does Jesus say? He says, no, if this is how they act in the days of my mercy, how are they going to act in the days of my judgment? And I, I think what Jesus is implying there is that they're not going to act very well. Like they're going to be worse than in the days of the mercy. There, there is a common theme in the judgments of God against his people. Uh, I think of the verse, uh, my people worship me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. I think of, uh, I think of uh, Saul who sacrifices, but, uh, he thinks he's worshiping God by by sacrificing the proper animals. And then the prophet comes to King Saul and says, it's not sacrifice that I'm concerned with, but obedience. Um, and the same thing is going on here in Micah. After God indicts the people, he, 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 he shows them their sins, their rebelliousness against God. Uh, he, taught, he speaks somewhat tongue-in-cheek in cheek and Micah says, uh, will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? In other words, is all that the Lord really looking for the Israelites to do is to give him lip service, to go sacrifice the animals on the altar as an atonement for their sins? God gives us the answer at the end of the, the chapter. In verse 8, Micah says... He has told you, O oh man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly 
with your God. It's, it sums it up. It's not about lip service to God. It's not about telling people I'm a Christian. It's not about saying, oh, well, I don't smoke marijuana. It's about your very heart. The very soul of each one of us is, is to do justice, loving kindness, and walking humbly with our God. And if we are to do that, if we're to be walking humbly before God, a humble man is constantly analyzing himself. He's constantly questioning the way he lives. He's constantly saying, asking himself, "Am I? do I measure up to Christ? Now, the answer to that is always going to be no. But he's going to say, am I daily growing closer to Christ? Daily growing more in the image, imago Dei, in the image of God. Uh, John, it, it just seems like 2020 has, has and now 2021, it has lifted all of the masks off of the fake churches. It's lifted the masks off of all the fake Christians. And how did it do that? Well, by putting masks on them. In a, <laughs> by, by putting masks on them. <laughs> I, 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 think I, I think I set you up for that one. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> well, I think that's why where when you're when you're a christian and you spend every day when you're criticizing yourself based on scripture and like i said if if this isn't a practice that one of our listeners if you're hearing us say this and it's not something you do i recommend reading through the prophets read isaiah jeremiah ezekiel daniel and hear the condemnations and what the people are doing and i guarantee you're going to find yourself somewhere in there because they literally think of every sin man could possibly commit. But also as Christians, we don't want to judge. So we don't want to go around and say, oh, everyone's doing this or that. That's not our calling. But in 2020, we were like, well, wait, what's really going on if people aren't going to even worship God? If the word of the secular government is greater than the word of God, we can at least say that, yeah, there's like a very serious problem in the church very serious so i we can at least say that i'm looking at the time and we are out of it we've come to the end of the episode um interesting discussion uh, i hope it is a blessing to our listeners if you have show topics don't be afraid to text us and email us of uh, uh three different people over the last year specifically contacted me about show topics they were interested in and we we incorporated them into our theme for the year 2021. We have a, a theme for the overall year, but we're always welcome or we, we always want to make people feel welcome to suggest their own ideas. Uh, we we're, we'll talk about most anything. won't we? Yeah, John? absolutely. Until next time, may God bless you and keep you. <laughs>